for uh, chasing wins this year. This is Chasing Wins. So next season, so you want a guy you think you can count on, and I would hope gets sees more playing time, especially in closing lineups in the playoffs is GP2, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. So... Obviously, you know, there are a lot of people who want to move all the like all kinds of pieces now, right? Move away right, from right. Clay and move away from Draymond and move away from everything, right? And I just think we're too um we're not moved far enough from what happened last year mm. uh to be like blow everything up, but we know what the recipe for success from last year was. So you had just have to get back uh, into that energy and uh-huh. give the guys a supporting like the proper supportive uh cast in order for them to sustain what they do uh, because everything falls apart as soon as the the bench comes in so obviously this. are you in favor of are you in favor of trading for like really solid role players or a second star so yeah i'm not necessarily looking for a second star i think I think so. Let's go from top to bottom, right? You hope that Steph Curry uh, stays on this energy uh, for as long as uh, for as long as he possibly can. I think he will next year. Um, Draymond is obviously a problem, but realistically, he's not going anywhere. Uh, when you listen to the way the team talks about him, right? So they'll they'll find a way to make a deal with him, right? The problem with him is his kind of traitorous tendencies. Uh, a lot of off-court issues with the clutch thing, the way he, you know, kind of sucks up to LeBron and sucks up to the competition, which obviously is a problem when you're going against that team in the playoffs. So, I don't know. He He's a problem. He's a different kind of problem. And he threw away, uh, you know, a couple of games, in my opinion, going away from Steph Curry when he had the opportunity to go to him with the game on the line. I think that is kind of a tra- uh, traitorous behavior. That is not okay. They need to find a way to iron that out. Um, but as far as Clay Thompson goes, he had an off season in which he didn't get to play basketball. And that was an issue. And that showed immediately. And hopefully he'll be able to put in the work this time. Not Now that all the me- mental hurdles of his injuries are behind him, it seems. You know, he's not in restriction anymore in terms of playing um, back-to-back games or anything like that. So. He needs to get in playing shape going into the following season, get stronger, and uh, hopefully he comes back rejuvenated uh, on both ends of the floor because that the lack of attention to detail and defense has become a huge issue for him. So him and Poole, obviously, that combination, that's part of the reason why it was such a disaster is that they were both kind of holes on defense, right? And you have two holes on defense, your defense is broken. That's how you know your defense is broken. You have one guy that is broken defensively. That's a lot to make up for. You have two. That's not a winning formula. And that's what happened. And Steve Kerr kept going to that. So, so yes, Jordan Poole has to go. His time with the Warriors is done. Like, this is defined, definite, um, just by the virtue of how much he costs and the fact that he cannot play together with these other two guards. And he, and he can't play in closing lineups. Yeah, you can't uh, he's not that. necessarily reliable enough to even score. Like, I'm not even talking about defense. If you're a sixth man, like you, you, you don't make your money to defend. 
you make your money to score. And there were games in the playoffs where he didn't score like like six points. Like th- there were games where he barely like got a bucket or two. And part of that was because he he just couldn't defend, but part of that was because he just couldn't hit shots. There was a game against the Lakers. He had zero points. He shot zero for four. Yeah, he's like, scared. Unplayable. He's scared. And I'm on, I'm on. I'm. I actually agree with you. I'm on that boat. I think I'm out on Jordan. Uh, I think he's got to go. I think we can trade him for some solid role players. Um, and I also think Kaminga, not be from an ability standpoint, because I think. Even though he has limitations, he is not a good rebounder. Uh, he's still, you know, maybe a little bit jumper happy. And he still, you know, struggles with certain things at times. He still provides a good amount of value as a defender. And he provides some rim pressure, which is good for this team. And I think he was a positive this year. But we can't juggle these negatives and work around them. It's time to to acquire a solidified piece with minimum with with minimal um, weaknesses, and I'm talking about on both ends a guy like OG Ananobi who, yeah, he can't create his own shot, but he can knock down the three ball reliably. He can, uh, you know, get to the rim. I mean, from as a slasher, but more importantly, probably a top five defender in the NBA. When you look at, you know, like versatility and size, like you look at Draymond, Anthony Davis, Jaron Jackson, Brooke Lopez, and then it's like OG. And like, there's really no other, I can't think, like, I'm not taking Marcus Smart over OG. I'm not taking a guy like Robert Williams or, you know what I'm saying? That, I'm not taking like, Caruso over OG. Not Caruso, no way. Do you understand? Like we how much did we want Caruso on the OG? Warriors? OG is a six eight dude who can guard one through five. He can guard Jokic. There were times this season he locked Jokic up. Like he he is so versatile defensively and he's so elite at that at that role that and the three point shot, he averages 18 a game. He can knock down the three ball at 40% clip. So given the fact that, yeah, he has a couple weaknesses, but nothing that we can't overcome, he's a guy where you're willing to make a move for, you know, a Kaminga and maybe some picks. Yeah, or, if they make that move, the Warriors win this year. And, they and it was on the table. It. This isn't yeah. a pipe dream. Yeah, This was something that was discussed. Yeah, this so, yeah. so I think when we look at that, and then, you know, a couple names like a Wendell Carter Jr., yeah, and like we'll look into that. Cole. We'll look into that in another. You yeah, know, we'll look into that another time. But yeah. but my point is is that in terms of these players and that we want to acquire, what we were what we want to give up are going to be probably Jordan Poole and Jonathan Kaminga. Now, Absolutely. with Moody, what are what are your thoughts on Moody? I want to see him back next year, but obviously he may have to be in a trade just because a team may want him or for salary purposes. You like you would agree with that, right? Like if. If he has to go, he has to go, but you're okay with seeing him next season. I'm okay with seeing him next season. Uh, I think he would be the guy who replaces Dante in the rotation as a backup two, where he needs to be. Not not backup three, not backup four, and all this other stuff that they do. 
um, find and find guys that are solidified in their positions and find guys that are minimal in terms of maintenance and guys that are, you know, Moody was not a problem in the locker room whatsoever. Uh, Kuminga ended up being a problem. So be, uh, because he wants playing time and I don't blame him for that. He did. He does. He, of course he wants playing time. He's, he's thinking about his career. Like it, he needs it to take off and he needs his payday and all these things. Right. So this is the thing you yeah, get he, a player comparing himself to his peers. Like he looks at a guy like Jalen green. He looks at a guy. Well, you publish yourself and yeah. Right. And those guys are on losing ass teams. So that's what Kuminga doesn't realize is that if those guys, if a guy like Jalen Green was on the Warriors, he wouldn't be playing. Oh no way, no way. Right. So this yeah. is the difference between being a part of the win- part of a winning organization versus a losing one, and I think he cares less about that than what's best for him, and what's the best route for him to get the best payday possible and the things like that. I, I understand those things. He's not the same as Moses Moody because he's a seventh pick. So uh, he see he, he gets paid more, right? And uh, he feels that he he is owed something, and that that that, yeah. in, a, that in and of itself is a problem. So he may, I even speak if he's on right, that, right? That that this idea of entitlement. You look at a guy like Jordan Poole, um, and Clay Thompson as as your vet, like this issue of entitlement has become a disease on mm. this roster mm. where players think that they should start and they sh- that they're too good to come off the bench, that they deserve some a certain amount of playing time, uh, a certain role, certain shot attempts with the ball in their hands, um, all of these things. And it's funny because the, the guy who's the leader of the team, the best player, is the least entitled. He embodies everything it means to be unselfish and a team player and playing for one another and playing to win. And you just have all of these dudes. You saw, There's a reason he gave that speech in Game 7 or, or before Game 7. Like, playing the right way, playing within the flow, playing for one another, not chasing all-star appearances, not chasing stats or you know, having the ball in your hands and taking advantage of those situations, understanding that you're playing within a team concept to try to win games. And I feel like that was lost this year. I really yeah. do. I, I, just, think, I just, I think Looney, Steph, Wiggins, GP2 were the only players who actually embodied that concept. I think outside of those four guys, Draymond, no, Clay, no, Poole, definitely not, Kaminga, he tried, but at the end of the day, he he want he wants more playing time. He's a young guy, and we understand that. And you look at a guy like Moody. I would even throw Moody in there too, actually, because Moody stayed ready the whole time. Moody didn't get everything. He actually Moody was dealt the worst hand of cards. Yeah. He was dealt the worst hand, but he actually performed the best. If you consider that, if you consider you know out of all the young dudes, and and out of all the circumstances. Moody actually came out the most built for what the playoffs demand. And that is commendable. And that's probably why we're both on board with him having, having him next year, because the, those scars build character. And you saw that this guy is going to be a, a viable piece for years to come. 
Yeah, and I wonder if he is going to supplant uh, Clay as a more reliable defender at the two very soon, because uh, unless Clay gets his right, man, uh, he if he's gonna start becoming a hole for this team that they have to overcome, um, and it's kind of funny, like uh, when you talk about Kuminga, um, it kind of brought me to this. I remember seeing something where. I think Kuminga and Clay are tight. And I can just, I had this scenario in my mind with like Clay telling Kuminga, like giving Kuminga advice on his career and what he should do. And like, it's like, I don't don't like that, man. Like, because just because of Clay's demeanor and how he goes about things on this team, you know, the guy goes rogue, the guy does whatever he wants. And he's like, yeah, go get yours. You know, that kind of thing. Like it's you're setting a bad example for kids who are impre- impressionable. It's just like, well, Clay's doing that. Why not me? You know what I mean? I so, think I think the biggest thing next season, from a player standpoint, is we're gonna have to unload some of the kids, right? We're gonna have to unload hundred yeah, percent, likely Pool and Kaminga. Um, we're gonna have to get rid of Ryan Rollins too, if you can. Yeah, Ryan Rollins. We're gonna have to emphasize. A more more of a team concept, unselfishness. We're really gonna have to emphasize that because it felt like this season guys were chasing all star appearances and trying to prove themselves, and that's not what it's about. Where it's about buying into a team concept to win basketball games, to become the best team you can be to win a title, and it felt like this season, uh, like you said, the front office got greedy, and. The, the players got kind of greedy too. They they thought they saw this as an opportunity to capitalize on you know winning winning a title, the momentum that they built, and trying to benefit from that from an individual standpoint. And that's never a good formula, man. I mean, the only players that didn't were literally guys who you and you can tell when you watch them on the court. You watch Wiggins. You watch Looney. You watch GP2. You watch Steph. They play the game the right way. They don't They don't play for themselves. They play for the team. And when you play the game the right way, good things happen. Look at Denver. Look at, look at a team like the Lakers. Look at Miami. Look at Boston. They play the team the right – they play the game the right way. They play as a team. They play for one another. They play for each other. They sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agreed. Uh, and it's sad that ultimately we don't get to appreciate – the kind of season that Steph Curry had at age 35. This is not normal uh, for a point guard or a guard uh, to continue to play at this level and showed what he showed in game seven. Um, You know, just it's sad that we don't get to appreciate that more. Instead, we're talking about all the problems because it ended up not working out. It sucks, man. Um, But I do want to say that it's incredible that Curry is aging the way he does. Uh, he is, and you know, had the season that he just had. I mean, basically thirty points on 50, 40, 90, You know, at age thirty-five, this yeah. is just unheard of. Right? And I think so. next year, I hope that he can be more of a playmaker on the ball because I yeah. think there's some. You saw in the Lakers series, like it feels like we haven't tapped into that enough. I think on the ball, not just as a scorer, but as a guy who can, you know, create for others. I feel like that's something that you know we we've seen him do it off the ball the last 
few seasons, but on the ball, you like his vision and his ability to pick apart defenses can is is, is cannot be understated. You know. Yeah, yeah. We can talk about that. You know, on a on a different episode because that's a long topic. For sure, for sure. I think um, we touched on a lot of things. Um. And the things that we missed, I'm sure it'll come up another time, but I thought we did a good job of summarizing, you know, what went wrong this season overall. Yeah. And uh, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. I appreciate you, Jim, again for uh, for co-hosting. I mean, Dre, uh, before you finish yeah, off, I'll just go down the list of players that Warriors should keep and okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe get rid of, uh, uh-huh. you know, in the offseason. So, obviously, the starting lineup you keep. Um, unless – uh, you know, unless you get like a Jalen Brown or something on the other right, end right, right. where you have a chance to replace Clay with somebody like, cause like at this point you have to be objective, right? A clear upgrade, yeah. It sucks, but Clay kind of put, put them in this position to have, allow this conversation by the way he played in so many different ways. Right. Um, my preference is to go back and run it one more time, uh, yeah. but with the proper help. But uh, aside from that, right. The starting lineup stays. Um, I think. Patrick Baldwin Jr. stays. I think he will develop into even, you know, an even more reliable shooter next year. And uh, Kerr will find a role for him. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Dante's out. He's, he's got to be out because. Yeah, it's his- just, it's, I thought he was good last year as from, from a regular season standpoint. He's but, a steady vet. Steady vet. Uh, he was very useful in the regular season. They might not have been in the position that they were in at the end of the day yeah. if he if it weren't for his contributions. But we saw his limit. Number one, we saw his limitations. On both and and but the more importantly, he's a guard, and we just need wings. We yes. don't we don't need guards. Yes, but the know? virtue. Uh, uh, the the biggest reason is you have you don't have him. You have one less guard to worry about in the rotation, right? He's also gatekeeping Dante. I mean uh, Moses Moody's growth, and that's a big thing too. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Dante, he can go. Uh, Jamichael Green, I've been out on him for a long time. He's gone. He's gone. Don't oh, worry. They're not going to resign. Out. They're not yeah. going to resign. Uh, Anthony Lamb for the vibes. Get rid of his ass. Um, <laughs> his off-court issues, like yeah. that energy at the end of the day, whatever the case may be. Yeah, we don't need it, that. It's a know. fucking distraction. He needs to be out. Um. Jordan, Jordan Poole, Poole. out. Yeah. He's gone. I wish him the best. Mm-hmm. I wish him the absolute best. I think he can absolutely thrive with a different team and uh, build on his stardom as a starter in this league. And enough with the drama. Enough with you know the thing with the Draymond thing. Uh, enough with the three guard lineups. Enough with uh, depending on a kid who uh, falls under pressure, uh, who falls apart under pressure. Enough. Um, Ryan Rollins. Out. I don't want uh, yeah, to understand what in the fuck the point and of by the, way, the roster was. He's actually very talented, but it's overkill. Like, this is what I mean when we talk about doubling down on the two timelines concept. Ryan Rollins took up a valuable roster spot, and he is talented, but we don't need him on this team. We're winning a championship. We don't need talented 20-year-olds. We need solid, reliable 30, 30-year-olds. Yeah, like... Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about like six, six to seven different guys, depending on whether the Warriors want to keep it a 14 man rotation. EP two, obviously, we're going to keep, and then, right. and right. then Kaminga, Kaminga, you probably want to see go. Yeah, Kaminga, his time with the Warriors seemed to be done. If and if it's, nothing's done, 
in the off season, then they might want to move him by yeah. deadline because he doesn't he doesn't work with the Warriors. He's never going to be a starter for them with Wiggins there. Um, he's never going to find a proper. I mean, they want him at power forward, but the Warriors are going to go and get a backup power forward at this point. They've seen the the, the detrimental nature of yeah, not having enough reliable size. So yeah. that alone hurts Kuminga's minutes even more going into next year. You already have GP2, who Kerr was already talking about, like, oh, he takes up some of the things that Kuminga can do and whatever, right? So you don't want redundant uh, stuff on the team if they're not going to be properly used. Um, so... Yeah, I actually like what's his uh, Aiden Ross. What's his Ty Jerome? I like Ty Jerome um, uh, as a backup. I think he was amazing uh, for them when he did play a role 50, 40, 90 for most of the season. You know, that's pretty damn impressive. And I want to make a point. Look at the Lakers roster, right? There are three guards, Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves, uh, and and Dennis Schroeder. And then D'Lo, right? There's four guards. They all do different things. Schroeder gets to the rim. Reeves is a playmaker, and he can shoot. Lonnie Walker is a scorer. He can create off the dribble, and D'Angelo Russell is a playmaker. He can make passes and plays, and he can score. But you need versatility. You need guys who do different things. So ultimately, right, um, that's the goal, right? We can't have overlap, and Jordan Poole overlaps what Steph does. He overlaps what Clay does. Kaminga overlaps what Wiggins does. And even Moody kind of overlaps with what Dante does. So this is why, you know, certain guys need to go. Certain guys need to, you know, you know, they'll get a promotion, so to speak, and they'll get more minutes, more opportunity. And and I agree with you. And I think this offseason is going to be a busy one. And I think they're going to definitely look to make a big move because Jordan Poole makes $28 million and and Kaminga makes about seven. You combine the two, that's $35 million. It's a lot of money to move around. So, um, and then we have our we have a 19th overall pick this year. Trade that's that a, shit. Yeah, we're gonna trade that. So we're, we're gonna have some assets to work with. Um, and is there any other player we missed? I don't think no, so. Think the Ryan Rollins thing. I are they gonna do? The, are they gonna cut him? I don't know what the, what. I mean, probably right. They kind of have to. Why? Why can't they just add him as a part of a trade or something? They could. They could. I don't know if that's uh yeah, you're right. I guess they could do that. I, I, yeah. I agree though. I don't want him on the team next year because yeah. it's just a waste of a spot. Like it just he just what are we doing here? Like add adding a vet who's not even good is better because yeah. at least it's a dude who could be a locker room presence or something, some type of value, like Iguadala. Even though Iggy was a waste of a roster spot overall. I don't mind that. I don't mind I don't having mind a guy it. like Andre. He actually wasn't. He was coaching up Moody. He was coaching up Kaminga. He was coaching up Wiggins. He was being a presence and being a, a good locker room presence. But the problem is when you compound Iggy with Ryan Rollins and Patrick Baldwin Jr. and all these guys, not that Patrick Baldwin's bad or anything, but you know what I mean is that it then it adds up. And then it's like, well – you yeah. only have a few options off the bench now. It's Dante, Poole, Moody, Jamichael, and and Kaminga. And only two of them are really playable at times. Like, Kaminga can't be trusted, as we saw. Moody was trusted. I trusted him. Dante's up and down. Poole is mostly down. And Jamichael had one good game in the playoffs. Like, 
You see what I'm saying? So we need more balance, versatility, and reliability on this roster next season. And I think it's attainable. And I think that the front office is going to make the effort to do that. So, Yeah, I, I think... Um... I didn't kill Steve. I didn't kill Steve Kerr enough in this in this episode, but we, we've we've covered a lot of details here, and obviously uh, the the sense of urgency is back uh, for everybody, and that's I guess the silver lining in all of this because everybody was on their high horse for way too long. I try to warn everybody for a long time that this shit is not going well. They got too arrogant. Not, gonna, not gonna, gonna end up well, but yep. we're here now, so. 